Okay. Hi, everybody. Here is another episode of On Purpose. I am Dr. John Duffy, and with me on the other side of a very safe phone line, I think the phone line, <laughs> is the <laughs> Chicago Tribune columnist Heidi Stevens. Good morning, Heidi. Good morning. How are you? I'm good. Do I hear birds chirping? <laughs> like, like, are you in a Disney film or something? Uh, I am. I am cavorting with woodland animals uh, in my princess gown. I'm looking for Prince Charming to do some flood remediation in my basement because apparently no one who does that for a living is available for like ever because half of Chicago flooded. I mean, I think. I think last I read, Willis Tower still doesn't even have power. So I'm trying not to take any of this personally because it's like, okay, mm -hmm. this is actually, you know, a citywide. I mean, actually, if we're going to think bigger, a global wide problem of climate change and torrential downpours in the wettest May ever. Oh, anyway, um, my basement's flooded. And yeah. it's been a week. Um, it smells. Uh, and we can't get anybody here till I think think tomorrow night to start tearing all the old mold gross stuff out a lot of stuff got wrecked which is sad um oh, i'm so sorry that is, that is kind of like the worst you right i mean when you own a home you don't want it to catch fire that's a thing right but Although the flooding seems to be <laughs> were you gonna set it on fire <laughs> well i was thinking which would be worse actually <laughs> no I think this. I think a fire would be worse. But you do have moments of like, well, there's no mold after a fire. Right. <laughs> I like the idea of you and Michael. You and Michael standing in like ankle deep water, considering with a matchbox, like, well, we could. Well, the kids are safe. Like, <laughs> I don't think it'll light though, because everything's so wet. <laughs> we well, have had more. I. I want to move somewhere like we I we are not fit to be homeowners. I mean, we should live in a yurt for sure. Like, I <laughs> don't know what things are called and how they work. And it's embarrassing. And like, I end up Googling a lot. And I feel like I've felt like this for a long time. But I feel like high schools should really do a better job of preparing people to just be adults. Like, just like. I didn't know, because this is the first house I've ever had. I didn't have a house till I was 40. I always lived in apartments or condos or whatever. Yep. I'm like, you know, a city person. Um, yeah. And then we buy this darn house. And there's just so many things I don't, like, I didn't know you had to um, turn the water source off to your hose <laughs> in the winter. And right, I didn't right, right. do that. And then, like, that pipe froze and burst and flooded our yep. basement the first time. Um, right. And there were just little things like that where I'm like, well, why have I been allowed to live 40 years without anyone telling me to do that? Like, you know, you learn to like, I don't know, go to the doctor for a physical. Like, I just think there's, <laughs> there's house stuff. And I told you this earlier, but like, I was on the phone with my homeowner's insurance <laughs> reporting the flood and, you know, the guy goes on a long spiel about how none of it's covered by insurance because it's an act of God and groundwater and surface water. And I don't know, all the words were running together after he right. said, not covered. I kind of stopped listening. And that's then he was panic. like, right. Yeah. That's when I was like looking for my third job because also I'm uh, furloughed right now. So I have no income. So that's like great timing. So anyway, um, <laughs> then he says the magical words like, unless you had a sump pump that failed, you know, and then that, that would be different Then you'd be covered. 
um, you know, as a under your homeowner's insurance. And I was like, oh, well, I don't, how do I know if I have a sun pump? I'm like, babe, do we have a sun pump? <laughs> Michael's like, oh, I have no idea. So then, you know, we're like Googling, how do I know if I have a sun pump? Like, what does a sun pump look like? I mean, it just, I'm texting plumbers who've been to my house before, the realtor who sold us our house. Do I have a sun pump? You know, I'm just like, this is not even, I shouldn't be allowed to own a home. Um, <laughs> In the end, we have a sump pump. It failed. Insurance is covering it. Fine. But, like, I do, I think that, like, whatever used to be home ec, yeah. you know, I think my mom probably learned how to sew and iron and stuff. I think should. I think you should not be able to graduate high school without, like, uh, how to own, you know, property. Uh, I lessons. totally agree with that. I, I um, We had to replace our... Well, and I was going to say furnace, but it's a water heater. Um, oh, so oh, I have a story I'm, about that. Okay, go you ahead. You do? Yes. We had to replace a water heater. And, uh-huh. um, and this was right at the very front end of the, uh, of the COVID situation. And, oh. um, and, and, and so we had to go into the room that you never go into in your basement right. because that's for other people who know what they're that's doing to go into. Licensed that's where professional. The, right, right. Totally. <laughs> right. The whole area of your house that has nothing to do with you. Right. <laughs> Unless it's broken. Like the whole area broken. We need, we need the, the people to come in. Right. 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 <laughs> and, and the water heater guy came and he gave us a big water heater and he said it was going to be better. And then he started explaining to me, like, you know, things about lighting it and, you know, oh, you want to flip this switch and every six months and there's a filter and, no. and he lost me. And, <laughs> and meanwhile, I'm kind of COVID paranoid while he's, I'm in the little room with him. Right. And, um, and he starts easing his way toward me to explain because he's a friendly guy. <laughs> right. He's going to go in for the so hug. All I'm thinking is, you know, like, I'm going to die. Like, I don't right. care how this works. If he's telling me I could take a shower in three hours, I don't care how the thing works. You know, like right. that doesn't matter to me. And I remember when we, and just a quick sump pump side thing is I remember we had, we had a sump pump issue. And so we got a new one and it was behind this cute little door in our basement. And I was like, Oh, that actually does a thing. Like I thought maybe we would put boxes in there. Right. <laughs> or, that, that's where or we a little room Christmas for George, a fort. and it turns out it is a sump pump and i remember thinking specifically that name that's too cute like that's like a band name from the 80s or something you know what i mean like (laughs) sump pump seems ridiculous to me like furnace sounds like like hardware sump pump sounds like something like like, oh, if that goes bad, nothing bad could possibly no. happen. That's too adorable. It doesn't handle sewage, right? That doesn't line up. Call it a sewage pump. That I'll understand. Right. <laughs> if some right. sump gets in the water, like, I'm fine. <laughs> oh, my God. What, so, is your, what is your water heater story? Okay, so it wasn't a water heater, actually. <laughs> But it Is also there wasn't else down there. <laughs> yes, believe it or not. Um, so we had a boiler. Uh, so okay, our heat went out. This was mm-hmm. like years ago when we first moved in this terrible old house. Heat went out. Michael's, not footnote. Not a terrible house. A very nice house. Some basement issues. It's old though. Okay. I mean, it's like literally older than like the Chicago fire. I think <laughs> okay. it's All up right. there. It was built in the 1800s, late 1800s. Anyway, um, 
so the heat went out. Michael was at a film festival and it was like so cold that school was canceled. It was like a, you know, cold, too cold for children to leave their homes cold. So he goes out. I call like whatever the first number that came up when I Googled like help emergency, no heat. And the guy, which comes, is always like triple a heating or something, right? Isn't that yeah, the I, trick is to, yeah. Acme. Totally. Or, yeah, something. The guy's yeah, name was yeah. Sarge and I don't care. <laughs> I would have literally married him if he fixed my heat that day. So Sarge is in my house and he's like, Oh yeah, you know, you're going to need this, this and this and this. And, um, you know, quoting me prices. And I'm like, can we go talk in my kitchen? Because I wanted to slyly like, you know, Google, prices of what he was saying oh, so I could make smart. sure he wasn't like you know trying to sell me a bill of goods so yep. um he's like you know yada 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 that'll all be like seven grand and I was like I just um you know when I google new furnaces it just it says that you know they're more like 1400 and he was like yeah no for sure but um you don't have a furnace you have a boiler <laughs> I was like wow yeah, no, totally. So I don't, I wouldn't do me much good to look up the price of a furnace, would it, then, Sarge? So I just shouldn't own property. But the, here we are. I get it. Yeah, you, you bring up, first of all, a boiler, I picture being like a, and again, I don't know what it is, but I picture a massive cast iron thing with right. boiling water in it, like all the right. time boiling water. <laughs> like like the logo on Potbelly. Like the same right, right, right. Yeah, right. And then does it like just, my just pump, does it just force the stuff into your radiators? Is that I kind think, of the idea? It's like I think so. I think it sends boiling water throughout the pipes of my house and then that heats my house. So this is, I think we're doing a kind of a, a fix it podcast. I think we're kind of teaching people <laughs> right. you know, how to, we're like Lou Manfredini. Like that. <laughs> right. But with no knowledge at all. It brings up a, a point, but isn't it weird that we don't know this stuff? Like, you know, See, I, I wonder like if it is smart. I do. I do too. I'm, I'm, as I'm listening to you, I'm thinking like a boiler. Right, right, right. I, my apartment building had a boiler. I never saw it, but I know it did because the guy said, and what is that? And is, and am I right about how that works or not? And why don't I know that? Like, I and feel like a reasonably intelligent it. person. Right. right. I know. I wonder that because I think there's like some shame involved in talking about it and like probably less for women. I think maybe men feel like they're supposed to know this. I mean, I get that sense from Michael anyway, where like, cause he was like, I got to tell my boss, like, you know, our basement flooded and I'm not sure if I can file this thing on time or whatever. And his boss was like, Oh, is it your sump pump? And Michael's like, oh, fuck, I don't know if I have a sump pump. You know, <laughs> can I like be a dude who tells his dude boss? Like, I literally don't know if I have a sump like, and I don't really have that. I mean, I feel a little like, you know, entitled, like, pampered princess for not knowing how things work in my house. But then right. again, like, I don't know if it, like, cuts at my, like, you know, whole identity the way. I don't know. Do you, I shouldn't speak oh, for you. I Do get you feel it. like no. as a dude, oh. you're supposed to know how things work? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, and it gets worse in certain situations. Like, um, a friend of mine has a lake house um, north of Green Bay in Wisconsin, where I, I um, will go to 
um, the grocery store thinking like, I'm going to dress like a local so I don't stand out and look like. <laughs> you don't a, wear your vest? I do not wear. Uh, well, I have a quilted vest. <laughs> <laughs> Is it red but and I'm black plaid? I'm not, it's not red and black plaid, although man, I would not mind one of those, <laughs> but it's, it's not camo. It doesn't okay. have any kind of NFL logo on it. Um, my, uh, my, my jeans are slim and fitted and urban-y. Uh, I look like, I look like Elton John walking through a grocery store. I look like I am wearing like glitter and heels with goldfish in them, you know, like, <laughs> and, and so there's a guy up at this area. His name is Doug and Doug uh-huh. has pole barns, which I didn't know what a pole barn was until I don't know what that is. Doug showed me. Well, it's the biggest, biggest shelter you can think of for storage. So picture like a, a little shed in somebody's yard, okay. but it's 5,000 times bigger than that. So it holds like big Pulse. yard machinery. Oh. Okay. No, not poles. I would have guessed the same thing. But this guy has like, you know, backhoes and all every all the man stuff, like all the stereotypical, like, you know, kinds of saws, you know, like, oh, no, you got to use a circular saw on that. You know, and, and I uh, I want you to he has an, an, a, a hydraulic axe to cut wood, to chop wood. It's the most terrifying thing I've ever oh, seen. Wow. I, and, he, and he's made me operate in this machine. And, um, and I try to be cool about it, but Doug is where my like man card thing is completely, like he'll laugh at me, I'll go jogging down the road. And mm-hmm. like, you know, a, a man who works Right. Doesn't have to do this. Like, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, his body like if you lifted is in something. movement, right? <laughs> Earning right. a living. Clearly, yeah. you're sitting in a Harmon Carden chair, not right. doing anything with yourself, right? You right. know, he's, Doug. Doug's onto something. Um, but but Julie has always thought. Julie's always thought like Doug should have a camp just to show people how things work oh, because totally. he effectively. He knows all the things and how they work. And I, right. you know, like, if I have to go in my basement, I know, like, I'm already over my skis. Like, you know, right. any machine <laughs> down here <laughs> is, I, I don't know how it works. I'm not sure what it's attached to upstairs. Yep. I know it's vital or it wouldn't be here, I assume. Yeah. But I, I think there's something weird about that. I think you're right that, like, I bet a lot of people don't know how these things function. I'm fascinated with people who do. And I have a little bit of envy, but not enough to learn. You know, yeah. I, clearly I, I, I <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that I will always call somebody as opposed to actually reading. Like this guy gave me a book about the water heater and I could have absolutely like read the book. Nope. Right. I, yeah. You've I, written I, books. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. Books are your thing. Oh, no, I, I already have some books. I'm good. I'm like, yeah. would you, would you I have like Glenn one of Doyle's my books? Book. I have... yeah, I'll sign it. <laughs> right. We'll trade. Actually, we'll trade books. Like, I wonder why, because, you know, there, I think there are other things like we're kind of an economy that's set up to function best when people have different skill sets and then hire out for the skill sets they don't have, right? Like Michael and I try to do our own taxes. In fact, did our own taxes last weekend because we're just trying to save a couple hundred bucks and we're like, you know, we're both like middle-aged. We should know how to do 
taxes once anyway. So, yeah. and but lots of people do them, right? You just go down to TurboTax and do your own dang taxes. So, and we did it, but like, I don't, I don't know that people have shame over like hiring an accountant, you know what I'm saying? Or like, right. I think there's certain skills where you're like, well, yeah, that's my thing. I'm good at that. And then clearly because I've spent my time getting good at that, I didn't spend any time getting good at that other thing, but someone else did. So I'll hire that someone else to do the thing that they're good at. So, but I don't know, there's something like, maybe we're just not far enough out from like, you know, a generation that had to do all that stuff. And I don't know, is it that, that like, you know, our grandpas no. call plumbers or. Right. I don't know. I mean, you know, you think about, um, it, it's kind of part of the reason civilization, civilization develops, right? Is we, we become specialists in certain things and then we use each other and then we create an economy and that we're, so we're not tribal and doing all the things for ourselves. And, uh, maybe that's good, but I think that, you know, like relative to my grandmother and grandfather's generation where they were, my grandfather was a butcher and my grandmother was everything else. Like she could, she yeah. could put up a wall in a house. And, um, and so I think there might be a little bit of learned helplessness as the generations go on. Um, yeah. Because like, you know, I'm, I'm also thinking about um, should my car die by the side of the road next week and I mm -hmm. open the hood. All mm -hmm. I'm doing is opening the hood. You know what I mean? Right. Like I'm thinking. <laughs> don't like, open know, the hood. <laughs> <laughs> Just don't. Sounds like, like okay. A fire. The engine. I, what what looks like an engine <laughs> is in this thing. So so far so good. And <laughs> so I don't know. Maybe maybe we're okay. But I do think that there would be some empowerment. Like I think about George's generation, June's, Will's. That would it be good for them to know a few things about how things work, as opposed to knowing nothing at all. And I'm, you know, I will cop to like, I've taught George knows a few things, but he's learned them more by osmosis or exposure to other dads and some other or things than he has YouTube. directly for me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think this is kind of an interesting time of, well, interesting as my euphemism, it, it, it is a time of transition, right? I mean, I do think like just all the things that we took for granted, you know, for what, the world would look like for our kids to inherit are now, you know, um, questionable, if not out the window. Right. Yes. So like, you know, high school, college, internships, career, whatever, um, path seemed like a given, doesn't seem like a given anymore. And, and I, you know, there's all sorts of comparisons to the depression right now yep. in terms of the economy and everything. And, and you, you know, you have this, mental image of people who survived the depression as being very resourceful and using tea bags three times before they throw them out and mending, you know, holes in clothing to wear them for years and years. And so yeah. all the things that we've sort of, you know, drifted away from out of convenience and, you know, access to more stuff and laziness in some cases. Um, like, I wonder if, you know, we'll course correct and our kids will be more like the generations before us, you know, in terms of like resourcefulness, but also out of necessity, right? Like yeah. maybe, you know, maybe they're not just, if your parents went to college, you go to college and then you do a career that you had to go to college for. Like maybe that stuff is not just a given anymore. And I don't know, I, you know, some of this stuff comes up when June and I are on our walks talking about, you know, the big the big stuff and uh -huh. 
she said the other day, I don't, we were talking about wedding dresses. I don't have any memory of why that came up, but she was like, well, I'm not going to get married. And um, I was like, oh, I wonder like what, you know, what makes you say that? I don't actually have a strong opinion about whether she, I mean, I don't, that doesn't like break my heart. Um, which is it, which is interesting unto itself, but that you could go ahead. Right. Isn't it though? Because like, I would imagine that a generation ago that might've broken your mom's heart or, you know, your grandmother oh, wasn't right. Oh yeah. No, my, yeah. My mom had, I mean, and my mom's pretty progressive, but she had like yeah. very distinct, like, you know, ideas of what would happen. And yeah. I, I should follow them. I mean, to the point of like stuff I like registered for when I was getting married, like, how did you, you don't have a turkey platter on here. I'm like, what would I, I don't, what, that's a thing? Like, I don't need a turkey platter. I don't even know what that is. You, trust me, you need a turkey platter. I was like, wow, she has been thinking about this. So, and like, I don't have any of that for my daughter. And I, it's fine if she doesn't get married. A hundred percent fine. Anyway, um, I wanted to hear her thoughts about it. And yeah. she was like, I just don't see the point. And I'm like, well, if you, you know, fall in love with someone and want want to spend your life with them you might see the point she's like why would I have to marry them to spend my whole life with them couldn't we just live together forever and I was like yeah no you could um so anyway she that got into a longer conversation about just sort of like social constructs and expectations and like why you need pieces of paper to prove things that you know in your heart and um it, I was thinking like you know this is this is kind of a way of thinking that I think will serve this generation of people who are growing up with like, you know, everything falling apart around them and all the stuff that seemed like a given no longer seeming like a given. I mean, you know, here I am in my flooded house. I can't, I actually cannot physically get someone to come help me yeah. um, because so many other houses are flooded right now. I don't, I have, I went to college and worked my, tail off for a career that now has furloughed me. I can't rely on my employer to take care of me. I can't. Re so the, all the things that you're sort of like thinking are a given that you can rely on, you know, you're seeing that you can't. And then, and you know, kids are seeing that too. Like, oh, so, you know, the first sign of like, you know, um, trouble, you lay my dad off or, you know, you furlough mm -hmm. my mom or you don't show up at that. So like they're seeing all that too. So I think maybe they're feeling like, why do I have to play by these sort of unwritten or even written rules? Like, where does that get you exactly? I guess, I think, I think they're thinking some of that. I mean, my daughter's certainly thinking some of that and I'm, finding myself encouraging it more than talking her out of it. Like, yeah, no, super good point. Um, I can see that, you know? Yep. Um, yeah, that mirrors um, a lot of the discussions I'm having with kids now and with adults. Like a, a lot of adults, I think they feel like, okay, some of the uh, givens and um, absolutes that I thought I, you know, kind of came up with, they suddenly aren't true. You know, I'm working mm -hmm. with an awful lot of people who are either laid off or furloughed and, um, you know, didn't picture that, you know, I've got to figure out a different, whole different way to work if I'm going to work or fill my time somehow if I'm going to do that. And my, the lives I thought I, I thought I was providing for my kids looks very different now. Like, you know, some of these idyllic moments might be completely lost or completely different. So I've got to reconfigure how I'm thinking but I agree with you. Kids, 
um, who have been, you know, we, we've talked a lot about how, you know, teen and tween age kids think, and they're pretty discerning and aware, and they get what's going on around them more than any generation preceding them. You know, in this moment, their eyes are wide open, and they're kind of like very aware, like, oh, okay, not, you can't assume a whole lot. Like, you can't assume things are going to be okay, even when 10 minutes ago, they seemed perfectly fine, you know, like, yep. the, you know, things can hit the fan really hard out of nowhere anytime. And so maybe there is something to that idea that, you know, they're going to they're going to raise themselves a little differently with a little more preparedness and thoughtfulness and plan B-ness than a lot of us who kind of coasted on assumptions, you know, that mm -hmm. turned out to be a little bit faulty in the end. And I, and I think m way more so in this moment than any other time that I can recall where it's like, oh yeah, the world is not, the, the world doesn't operate the way we thought it did. The, um, all the machinery thing, if I'm thinking about the house now, everything we thought was in place that was going to keep us safe and keep us uh, flush with cash and fine. None of that is really a certainty. Nothing's yeah. a certainty, you know. It's a and, bit of a house of cards, right? And so I think I think a, a, a lot of the parents I'm working with are lamenting this for their kids, and I get it. You know what I mean? Like there's all these. We and I have talked through like some all these losses and all these disappointments and all, this lack of connecting socially and during this time. But in the minds of kids right now, you do wonder whether there's a whole new world order taking shape that's like, oh, okay, well, we're going to have to kind of put things together and understand how all these systems from our sump pumps to, you know, our Congress, we need to know how this stuff works and we need yep. to get, get involved and understand it because otherwise we're kind of adrift here, you know, like we're, right. you know, um, and maybe that this note of alarm, that's not false, right? This isn't a drill. No. <laughs> uh, this is real. And, you know, and maybe there's something, ugh, I hate the word empowering, but, you know, like, um, but I, I can't think of anything better right now. Something empowering about that. Something where mm -hmm. it's like, oh, okay, well, I can't just pick a major and only learn that thing. I'm going to have yeah. to be really pretty discerning about everything. And, you know, it's like I, kids are really, even right now, like about information they're taking in. They're, they're kind of laughing, <laughs> if I'm being honest, about our generation. Thinking like, you know, because um, I, I talked to uh, a young man earlier this week and he's like, you know, you guys, <laughs> and he's talking about me and my generation, you guys are watching Fox or MSNBC and you're like, okay, that's the Bible. That's the truth. I'm going to mm -hmm. run with that. So I'm either mm -hmm. scared to death or I feel like I'm going to drink the bleach and I'm going to be fine. And, and we, meanwhile, will watch a clip of something and then we'll get to work. Then we'll start investigating what the truth mm, is. So we'll look at Reddit, see if there's a subreddit about this. And, you know, like, yeah. what are people really saying? What are people really writing? You know, like, in, uh, and so they've, they're already have a developing skill, I think, in just discerning thought. And I think about right. June's thought, like, you know, this idea, like, I don't know if I'm going to get married. And I'm thinking, like, that never crossed my mind whether I was going to get married or not when I was 14 years old. Not a chance. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. like, you know, um, it was probably like if somebody asked me, I would have said, well, sure. Yes. That's what grown-ups do. Yeah. 
Yeah. That's what grown-ups do. Yeah, my parents did that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that seems like the thing. But um, that that idea of, like, my life's going to look different than yours did, and yours looks different than you thought it was going to already now, you know? And, yeah. Um, so we're not going to trust. You, you can tell us if you want, you know, we're going to get through this together and everything's going to be fine, but we can see, you know, we know what's going on, you know, and we, you don't know, we see curves, you know, we, we we know what the the axes mean. And so, um, yeah, I think there's probably something empowering about it and something oddly, mm, maybe directly heartbreaking about it too, that they have to think things through so thoroughly. I totally agree. And I think, I think they probably have a healthy dose of skepticism that in a way breaks your heart that, that they have to have that. Um, Mm. on the other hand, like I, I always try to make the distinction, especially as a journalist between skepticism and cynicism, because I think that skepticism can be healthy and as you say, empowering, um, and cynicism is just tragic. I, like I always have said, if I raised cynics, that would be like, that would break my heart. Um, but I think right now, like maybe that's our job as the grownups is to try not to let the skepticism harden their hearts into cynicism. Like, because I, 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 I'm even thinking of like, you, you and I were talking earlier before we started recording about starting to see stuff open up the gym yeah. my daughter used to go to is opening back up in June and you know Notre Dame and Marquette are opening in August and like it you know you're starting to see people feeling like this is you know enough is enough like let's get yep. back to and and maybe there's an element of what we're talking about here like you know look following the rules doesn't get you you know where it has promise to get you so like mm-hmm. every man for himself if i want to go get my damn haircut i'm gonna get my damn haircut and right and i think that like that to me is when it's jumped into cynicism because then you're not really thinking about like the impact of that on others right so like i've been interviewing so many nurses and healthcare workers and people you know like uh, the idea that like if I want to put myself in harm's way, I can, I'm going back to my gym. Um, doesn't factor in, you know, the toll that would take, you know, on your community, also on the, the healthcare workers who then have to, you know, and the sick person who doesn't get a ventilator because you took it because you wanted to get your hair cut or whatever. Right. Um, <laughs> right, right, so right, right. I don't know if I'm totally making sense, but, but I think the, you know, the, the goal would be to like help kids and any of us, um, look at stuff realistically and, and skeptically and with an eye toward like, you know, really getting at the truth and not sort of just taking, you know, the talking point that has been presented to you. Um, but not to the point where you like throw your hands up and, and decide none of it matters. You know, nothing matters anyway. Like this is all, you know, um, for shit and we're all yeah. going to die or, you know, or no, right. something or, you know, like um, hopelessness, I guess. Cynicism strikes me as hopeless. Skepticism doesn't. 
Geez, I think that is such an important distinction, Heidi. I mean, really, like I, um, I'm really like it takes my breath away a little bit because I'm thinking like, yeah, that's that's the distinction probably that's really important for us to send down to our kids because I I can think of some kids that I know now who have crossed into cynicism and it is heartbreaking and I understand it. I understand where it comes from and it's often derivative of um, the sentiments and expressed of, of a parent and, you mm-hmm. know, kids, kids are, are quick to adopt the way a parent thinks. And I think a mm-hmm. lot of us kind of in, in way too cavalier a way toss cynicism around. Mm-hmm. I'm literally, and I'm thinking about if I'm being really honest and I, I'm so reluctant to say it myself, like I find myself drawn to material like online and otherwise that drink brings out the cynicism in me way too often. Um, mm. and, and, uh, and I like that idea of just like, you know, being skeptical and being a critical thinker. That's one thing, right. And, you know, to be, to be smart and discerning. Um, but you know, I think, I think it's easy to cross that line and yeah. there's something, um, there's a, an element of self-righteousness that you are allowing yourself. It's bullshit. It's, it's, it's not real. Um, and it doesn't move the ball forward in any way. It doesn't help anything, but you know, you can feel like you're right and somebody else is wrong or 70 million people are wrong and you're right. And, right. um, but it doesn't help anything. Right. Um, so well, I think it gives it you does, permission to not try to help anything. Right. Cause it, you yeah. let yourself off the hook. Like, well, what's the point? None of this will ever right. get fixed. So yeah. it's only a bunch of suckers who are trying to find solutions. Exactly. You know, that's, that's cynicism to me. And, and, it's, and you're right. It, it's hopelessness. It's like, oh yeah, well, nothing good's going to happen anyway. And I think we're teaching the kids uh, way too many kids, um, indirectly to be hopeless. Um, yeah. instead of thinking like, you know, um, constructively collaboratively and in fairness to kids, so a lot of kids are able to circumvent that, even if they're growing up in homes filled with skepticism. Mm-hmm. A lot of kids are able to find um, their vein of hope. You know, like that. I kind of marvel at the people, the, the young people I work with, who are able to do that when clearly they're surrounded by this. This, this as you might, as you can probably tell, I'm very taken with this notion because it kind of. Uh, puts into fairly concrete terms something I've been working with for a long time, but lately, as you know, just the idea of like, should we wear masks or is this you know like, oh, we're being controlled by the, the man or whatever you know, like, this is <laughs> not Trump, but yeah, right, 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 right. some some um, man, not the president, yeah, some some but, man, no, of course, yeah, right, <laughs> right, you seem to be <laughs> just immune to uh, no. right. Um, and anti-mask, but anyway. Right, right. But, uh, you know, just that, that argument alone, and, and you know, and, I, and, and I'm working with some kids who are like, you know, well, I, I kind of, I, I want to think about all angles of this thing so that I'm not out mask shaming people, but mm-hmm. I don't want people to get hurt either. So they, yeah. uh, enough kids are kind of thinking through like, you know, doing their research and, you know, having the trunk party so they're six or eight feet apart and, you know, like, um, and there's, there's definitely hope in that. So I kind yeah. of, um, I like, I like that idea. I just think there's probably more incumbent on us 
to model something different than just like, you know, either look at those idiots or from the other angle, look at those idiots, you know? Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause that doesn't really teach our kids a whole lot. <laughs> no, it doesn't. It doesn't solve much either. Yeah. No. So, um, you know, oddly, uh, w- when we started talking, I thought we were, we were really going to try not to have a point. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and we managed to not have a point. Yes. <laughs> Once again. No, we Success. made a point. I think we actually made a point. You know, like I actually, I, I think the, the idea of, of that, of absolute cynicism is part of the poison that we are all drinking right now that is going to outlast whatever... Uh, whatever, you know, lifts in the curve we're going to see, right? Um, right, and, right, post-vaccine. Yeah, 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 yeah. right, there right, is right. One, and, which and, there right. Is. And, yeah. and it'll shift into something else, or this will be a five-year problem that will, you know, bump up and come down, and right, I don't know if there's going to be a vaccine either, I can't tell. Um, but, right, I mean, I suppose if there's one thing we can do, if we're not going to teach our kids how the sump pump works, is at least... <laughs> <laughs> which at least in a couple households, we're probably going to fail that. <laughs> uh, I'm just glad um, to know I have one. I feel like that was a victory. Just discovering it's a great one. thing to know. Right. So right now. But, but, you know, gun to my head, if somebody said, write a paragraph describing how the sump pump works, you know, cause I, 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 I honestly, I found myself. So we had a little bit of water in the basement coming through these cracks and, I wish I could explain to you why, but it was raining and then water came in. <laughs> and so I, un- I took the fabric tra- softener sheets off the drain because I thought, well, that's going to block water. I think I understand how that works. And, um, and then water started going down. But then I walked over yeah. to the sump pump thinking, well, this has something to do with it. And, and I opened the little door and I stared at it for a second and thinking like, well, you know, something's happening in this tube or underneath there. And then I walked away like, you know, well, looks good to me. I'm going to crack open a beer. <laughs> so, yeah, with George in the house, I don't know if I, if I brought George and Lauren downstairs I think they would have seen what I saw, like, you know, yeah. oh, yes, a, you know, PVC pipe going into the ground. All good. <laughs> we'll make sure we have yeah. one of those when we buy our house. Totally. Totally. Oh, well. Well, let's, let's hope that your basement is free of water when we talk next and that the, uh, the mold is gone. Yeah. I, by the way, oddly... My older brother's a lawyer, and for years, his thing was about mold and mold remediation. And he wow. knows these weird tricks about how to um, mitigate that issue once a, a, a basement is dry without undoing everything. Really? So, honest to God, yeah. He, he, so he would Sell say, it like, and don't disclose. The, to get the rid result. of the house yeah. and absolutely okay. hold back, uh, violate the law, and do not disclose what just happened. Got it. <laughs> Okay. You would say effectively eliminate the bottom foot of everything. And then Uh everything above that is fine, including drywall. But how do you, okay. I don't know. How how do you eliminate part of drywall and not the whole wall? 
Unfortunately, Heidi, I would love to answer that, but we've run out of time. <laughs> Let's pick this back up um, right where we left um, it next week. Show. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we have special guest Lou Manfredini with us. Uh, exactly. Correct everything John Heidi just said. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. I, hope, I hope he's not listening. Um, okay. I uh, have a dry uh, week or two. Thank you. I'll talk to you soon. Yeah. All right. Sounds good. All right. Uh, Be safe, folks. Bye.